0: and we've begun. Cue the music. Just imagine the music, there. Okay, you all ready?
1: Yes, I'm ready.
0: Excellent. Okay, hello and welcome back to Exposing Ourselves. This is the first episode uh, coming to you from lockdown. Sorry it's taken us so long to, for one, actually do another episode since the last one, and uh, to do an episode during lockdown. Uh, It's taken us a while to kind of get back into the groove. It's shaken us a little bit, uh, to say the least. So, today we thought we would, first of all, just dive into a little catch up with me and Rod. Because at the moment, me and Rod are in two totally different places, isolation. Uh, I'm over in the west coast uh, of Scotland, where my parents live. And Rod is back in Edinburgh, where he's always lived. So, yeah. Uh, so Rod, how are you doing? <laughs> I see your hair is growing ever upwards.
1: <laughs> yeah, my hair is growing up and to the side.
0: I quite like it to be honest. It's showing all your highlights.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've got yeah I've got quite thick hair, so it generally just goes up for a while before it starts to drop, and then it just uh, kind of goes sideways for a bit. <laughs>
0: Have you not had the the courage to cut your own hair yet, or to get uh, Issy to cut your hair?
1: No, she she keeps asking if she can cut it, but then I, I, I'm really scared to let her <laughs> go at my head with scissors. So I said I, she could cut my hair if I could cut her hair, and she hasn't agreed to that yet. So
0: ah, I like it. Yes. Okay. That's that's an interesting trade off there. Your uh, hair, well, your hair
1: is looking quite neat.
0: Oh, thank you. I, do you know what? My my hairstylist is so good that I can get my hair cut once by them and then I never have to touch it again. It just grows out amazing. The only thing I do have to keep a check on is my fringe. Uh, when that starts growing out, I just look like I've, you know, a Highland cow. I'm just like blowing through these like bits of bits of hair. It's not a good look. So I have actually started cutting my own fringe, which initially was terrifying. It's that moment where you've got the scissors, you're staring at yourself in the mirror, and you, you take the first chunk and you're like, you're screaming inside, but you just got to keep going because you've like committed.
1: If you use shears, you could do it in a one oneer
0: <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that would be dangerous. I could ask the next-door neighbor, I'm sure they've got some sheep shears I could borrow. They got all that good stuff. Yeah, I could do it in a Actually, yeah, that would be really good if they were sharp enough. Do it in a oneer. Yeah. yeah. Nice one. So, moving on from our lockdown hair situations, I suppose first thing to do is to kind of say where we were when lockdown started which is really far away um so yeah we were uh the last job that we were doing before this happened we were in the Dominican Republic um, yeah it was like
1: it was like dream, a dream job it's like a yes. job that you 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 would invent if you could create a dream job it was like photographing a beach resort in the Caribbean
0: <laughs> yeah uh, just the weather was incredible and we were with amazing people like it was it's a team that i know really well um we've been planning for it for months so much hard work had gone into it and we were so excited there was a lot of uncertainty i think on the few days leading up to it and then while we were traveling there because it took a couple of days there was you know things in the news were picking up and more and more countries were locking down cases were getting more severe um and then we got there and we thought, right, we're here. So we made it, great. Um, within a couple of days, it, was, it just got from, it went from zero to 100. It was emergency, we had to go back. Otherwise, they were gonna lock the country down, and we weren't gonna get back in again. And it was just a question of what's gonna be locked down first, the Dominican or the UK? Either way, yeah, it was really scary. The whole journey back, we didn't know if we were gonna make the next leg, uh, especially for you. That was awful, I had to say goodbye to Rod in the airport because we had to go our separate ways because only one of us could get back.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it was the whole week leading up to it, it was the kind of spectre of this potential pandemic, wasn't it? And then yeah. I didn't, it was really touch and go whether we were, we were actually gonna get on the plane and go there and really everyone that went was taking like a personal risk so we all knew we were taking a bit of a risk and there, and even during that time there were people getting quarantined on cruise ships and uh you know everyone was starting to talk about locking down the world and we were still going and we <laughs> so we were really trying to make the most of it and do the job but just overhanging every moment was this like feeling whether we whether or not we were going to get quarantined in the Dominican Republic because if if one person had got not not necessarily from our group if one person in that beach resort had got uh coronavirus or COVID-19 we would have been quarantined there we would have been stuck there so it was a big risk and we we all kind of knew that but I think we all were so desperate to go after so much planning and and uh, also to go to the Caribbean after us being in Scotland for the whole winter. So, yeah, we <laughs> yeah, took a so risk. Like... And uh, it kind of, it paid off because we had a great time, like especially the first few days. And we, we yeah. hit the beach and we did the two days of recce, kind of looking for the shoot, lo- uh, possible shoot locations and stuff. Um, so we did, we did have quite a lot of fun those first few days. But then the first day of the shoot, it all <laughs> went wrong.
0: Yeah, it was an amazing first few days, and it's it's funny because I feel like I got a lot of I've already got like a lot of fond memories from that trip, even though it was so short. Um, it was so nice to to do that as a team, and to it was kind of it was good character building actually for us to go through that together um, and to work through it together and to keep everyone kind of calm and. Um, positive and and things like that all the while trying to kind of work our way through this minefield of a situation. But yeah, I had an amazing time for the time that we were there. But once it got to the point where there was no more negotiation, we had to go. It just was really stressful. And then when we finally got back, it was kind of like, you know, all this energy that we built up for this project and all the adrenaline that we were working on to get there and get back. It just all came down on us. Or at least it did me. I don't know how you felt, but my goodness me, it was like the biggest anticlimax I've ever experienced. And it didn't hit me initially. It didn't hit me straight away. It took a while to kick in. But it was so weird going from that high-octane moment to country shut down everyone everyone stay where they are nobody move it's just so weird
1: it was so weird and it still is weird I, st- yeah. I, ca- I think we've kind of got used to it but now and again i just stop and i'm like is this really going on is this really happening you know even like five weeks in i'm still quite confused by it and it was because we were like everything was so intense and uh, yeah. the experience was so intense in the dominican republic and yeah and then then just suddenly our worlds have shrunk so my world is, for the last five weeks has been my small flat in Edinburgh and wandering around Holyrood Park, wandering around Arthur's Seat. Um, and that's my, my life now. <laughs> Just those things. I haven't been anywhere else. So luckily the park is absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that cheers me up and gives me perspective every day. Where. Yeah it's it's very very strange definitely and uh and I think made even more strange from what we went through going from being evacuated from the Caribbean as well Mm
0: -hmm. yeah definitely I think it's been particularly um obviously we won't be the only people in the situation but it's been particularly strange because we only started our business in July last year um and it's kind of been you know, go, 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 go from that point. Um, you know, do, doing work, getting clients, keeping up with the, the momentum, all those things that you have to do when you start a business. It's like, you know, you hit the, the ground running. And it was like, we built up to this big um, crescendo moment. And then it was just like, Whoa, done, stop. And that's been strange for me. It's like having that momentum and then suddenly being told, stop. How do you still keep everything going and sort of your mind at least keeping going when you've been told that you kind of can't really do your job anymore, or at least for the time being. It's a, it's a really strange paradigm.
1: Yeah. I think like the first year of any new company is gonna, is always going to be like the hardest. <laughs> it's the police. Um, <laughs> someone's having a barbecue. I think uh, <laughs> must be the, um, yeah, the the first year of a business is is always the most difficult, and yeah. um, we I think we were doing really well. We got to a really good start, and we were getting work in, and then it kind of it got quite quiet around December and January, and that got you know, that got quite tough and quite close to the mark. But then things really kicked off,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then we got this, you know, the big break really for our company, yeah. which would yeah. have put us in such an amazing position right now. Mm-hmm. And it all, the, the carpet got pulled out from under our feet. You know, com- massive companies are failing during yeah. this. You know, this is this is just killing off businesses.
0: Um, mm-hmm. And
1: it's going to be difficult for everyone to survive. But us in our first year as a company uh, is, you know, factoring a, a global pandemic into the mix. You know, <laughs> we, yeah. we were off against it. Um, but at the same time, I think we've kind of got used to surviving. Um, so as long as we survive a little bit longer, hopefully, you know, when things start to loosen up, then uh, yeah. we can get things going again. Yeah. But I think what this really highlights is like how much we all need each other, you know, yeah, we all need 100%. each other for this world to function <laughs> and for business to function, and and so it's kind of <laughs> Who do, who do we photograph when we're stuck in our flats? and you
0: know? <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> exactly. I mean, what I've been doing is um, I, I've got two other people that I'm living with, my mum and my dad, so I've been photographing them. Uh, I've just done their portraits, which only took me 10 years to do since I started photography, no big deal. But I've finally done that. Uh, I've been meaning to do that for ages, and there was no better time than now. Um, I've taken a picture of my own face, which was okay and then i'm kind of over it already so i've moved on to opening up the archives of all my old work because as you can imagine one takes hundreds and hundreds of shots in a shoot with the intention of only picking a few for a collection and there's loads of amazing shots that kind of just get left because it didn't fit with the set or you know it wasn't uh it wasn't relevant to the story or whatever but sometimes they work amazing on their own So I've I've just been doing that really, just kind of keeping busy. But for the first kind of, so we're on, where are we? We're in week, we're just finishing up week seven, aren't we, of lockdown? So we're coming into week eight soon? No. Yeah.
1: No, it's like, what? Yep. Five.
0: No, this is week seven. Yep.
1: (laughs) It can't be week seven.
0: It is, I'm afraid it is. I've been counting. (laughs) When it,
1: start, it started um it started on the 6th of april and it's now the 7th of may
0: no lockdown started um end of march
1: It that star- oh no sorry it started on the 23rd of march
0: or Oh, maybe we're on six. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, we're on week six. Okay, so that's
1: a, yeah, that's a I, compromise between to be five and seven. Okay,
0: that's fine. I can, I, we can both handle that. Um, so we're on week six of lockdown, coming into week seven. Um, and the, I think only now it's taken me this long, um, though I've been told to cut myself some slack for that. Um, but it's taken me this long to kind of get back into some kind of rhythm and routine with uh, my work. I think that for the first bit, I was like, what am I doing? how do I keep, you know, I don't feel creative at the moment because I feel really flat from what's been happening and I I hate it when I have very little control and things are so uncertain and I, the thing I've really been struggling with is not being able to plan because it, it's impossible to know what to plan for, I don't know what's going to happen at the end of this, um, but I think, you know, after kind of speaking to a few people, listening to some Um, insightful things from like little discussions online and and stuff like that and my parents as well is not so much trying to figure out trying to gauge what's gonna happen it's more just being ready for anything that when it does come you know we're there and we're prepped and we're primed for it and just keeping keeping going keeping online and uh, keeping active being visible Just so that when this does kind of start to ease up and people are starting to to think about advertising and things like that, that we're at the forefront of people's minds. Um, So when I started kind of coming back to life, as it were, um, I started writing again. So it started to make me think about the kind of processes that I've been taking to kind of get back into that swing of things. Um, and one of the things that has, been, has really helped me is always going back to the beginning of things, going back to the basics. Um, so one of the things that I really wanted to kind of talk about with you, Rod, because obviously I, I've been writing a lot from my, my own perspective. Um, so I'd really like to get your thoughts on this kind of process. And if you think it's something that you've thought about or if it would help you. Um, and in that case you know if it could help other people. So one of the first things that I have to keep going back to I guess when I come into times like this and I'm sure everyone does get you know locked down or not everyone gets into points where they feel a bit lost or they need uh, you know a bit of a creative reboot as it were. Um, I think it's really important to go back to what your why was to begin with and you know, I think that all the decisions that you kind of have to make throughout your career, whatever position it's in, and regardless of what you do as well, it does always have to come back to why you're doing it in the first place. And I think if your reason in the first place was, I want a bit of money or that, you know, sometimes that is, that is it, then uh, you're going to lose that really, really fast. And I don't think people are going to last. And in times like this when it's really tough. You know, it's very easy to just switch and do, just do something completely different if, if, if your reason isn't kind of authentic enough. So, Rod, what is your why? Why are you doing this? What's, what's photography, image making, this industry, what is it for you?
1: Well, I, uh, I think I, I, the first couple of weeks of lockdown, I, I, I just, my life just went like, and I didn't really, bit like you were saying, I, I just didn't get anything done. I think I was so disorientated. I spent quite a lot of time skateboarding, um, which is ridiculous for a, a man of my age. But um, <laughs> it, I think like a couple of weeks in, then I really, you know, I kind of really started to make more use of my time. And I really threw myself into retouching and studying retouching. Because I, I haven't been really, really happy about How I've been processing my images and especially to do with colour, I really struggled with colour. So I really threw myself into that. And then since then I've been doing a tutorial. So I've made a tutorial. It's kind of five classes all about my process of retouching. So I think like I've I've kind of been pretty productive and I've also been doing yoga. And I, got, I started meditating again, which is really good because I stopped for two years. My why, like why do I keep going <laughs> despite everything? When you really, really enjoy something, it's just not a chore. So, and I think the way you can find out if you really enjoy something is whether you can do it for hours and hours and hours and hours without getting bored and without needing money as a motivation. If you go on my Instagram or look at my portfolio on our website, 90% of those images I received no money for, there was no money exchanged. So if you think about all that effort, you know, to sort out the shoot, do the shoot, take all the equipment there, do a full photo shoot, retouch the images, communicate with the person I was shooting with, send them, you know, high-res images, low-res images, Uh, hours and hours and hours of work you know to produce like one maybe one image that's going to go in the portfolio so you know I think it's a real kind of test to see if you really love something if you're going to go through that much effort and your motivation is purely to create an image you know so I don't know if I have necessarily a why but I just know that I really enjoy it, and I enjoy it so much that I'm willing to sacrifice my time and my money and my energy, you know, and uh, just to kind of do this, you know. So it's, I think when you when you're that when you enjoy something that much, it seems crazy when people want to pay you for it, which I think is true for a lot of photographers, and that's why a lot of photographers struggle to get paid because they're like. What you know, I love this, I, do, I would do this anyway for free, you know, so <laughs> I I think I've been too ready to do everything for free, um, just because I love it, you know, mm-hmm. I, love, I love to do it, so yeah.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think people in our kind of line of work, we're not generally, first and foremost, uh, salespeople, um, and I think you're right when you say that we struggle to kind of you know, the creative side, the planning, the coming up with the concept, communication, all that kind of thing, we can nail it. But when it comes to talking about the nitty gritty, like the money, how much we're getting paid, all that kind of thing, it really does dilute the experience, I think, for us. And um, that can be at our detriment because we try and avoid it and difficult conversations and things like that. So I totally know what you mean. I think that's something that we struggle with for, for a while and it's something that just comes with practice and confidence as well. You need to have, it takes a while to get to that point where you're confident enough to say, no, I am worth this and no, I, you know, this is what I put out as a service. It's worth what I'm asking for. Um, so yeah, that's definitely something to consider. And I think, you know, you're completely right about willing to sacrifice whatever you need to kind of keep, keep doing this and that really really does show how much you love something i've always someone i cannot remember who it was uh, but someone did say to me sometimes it's not about uh you know someone will say what do you want and i say i want a nice car or i want a nice house or you know i want a a lovely relationship and i I want it to look like this you know people fixate too much on what they want and not about the journey it takes to get there and thinking more about what it is they're willing to sacrifice what it what is it they're willing to put up with to get to that point point. and i think it's those are the questions that we should be asking ourselves more than anything else it's what are we willing to just deal with just put up with
1: both of us had full-time jobs mm-hmm. as photographers you know which for a lot of photographers is like a dream you know, we were fully contracted, we had a regular paycheck and it wasn't a bad paycheck. Um, and we gave that up, you know, and we gave that up for the kind of power to make our own decisions, the power to, you know, to say no and the power to kind of take on photography work that we really wanted to do uh, we you know we kind of decided that we didn't want to put up with that situation that we were in and mm-hmm. we created a new situation for ourselves yeah. and it's been really tough it's been really tough this last year but it's also we've, you know we've done some amazing things you know yeah. and we're working towards something that's ours rather than you know just taking the easy route and getting a regular paycheck, but ultimately not really being satisfied or happy with, with what we're doing.
0: Completely agree with that. If it was easy, uh, everyone would be doing it. I know it's an old old saying, but it's, it's definitely true. So uh, the second thing that I kind of wanted to go through uh, to kind of help with getting out of the funk is I've always found it really really useful to do some research and look back into what came before you in your industry what I'm kind of talking about is who are the pioneers of your industry who are the the trailblazers who is it that really kind of broke some ground in in what you're doing because I think it's really important to know all of that because it can make your own work a lot richer and it gives it more depth and when it comes to producing things new things whatever it may be you can kind of pull on all of these things that you know from history and from the past kind of like a painter's palette and put it all together and it gives you something entirely new for like the history of photography. I was always really really crap at doing that when I was uh, younger. It wasn't actually until the last few years that I really started to understand and appreciate the value of doing something like that I think I had too much tunnel vision as well I was like I know what I'm doing I know what I want to do I was like this all the time but yeah like I said I've only just started to really appreciate the value of doing something like that for you Rod I think you kind of know who your your influences are and your your kind of favorite photographers and your styles and things like that because I think you do have some of those influences in in your own work
1: well I don't know I think I really like the the kind of classic era of photography so I really like kind of irving Penn and and Avedon. I really like these these guys these kind of classic portraits but they've been they've been copied so much that it's become like you know it's become really standardized I was, I was, and, and you can see it's so easy like uh Issy my wife she got this like um little fashion. Catalog uh, through the door, and I was flicking through it, and and I could immediately see, you know, the influences of 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 Irving Penn in in the compositions they'd chosen. So I think, although I love that era, I'm kind of I really want to look to to different influences and and pull away a little bit from being influenced by that stuff. I think it is nice to look elsewhere rather than other other photographers for inspiration. Uh, I know they're like. Nadav mm-hmm. Kanda, uh, who's an amazing portrait photographer, he's, he's photographed like Barack Obama and a whole, whole load of people. Uh, he, he gets a lot of inspiration from painters. Um, and it's, sometimes he up, he uploads mm-hmm. like Picasso images and stuff. And you can see from the images he uploads, you can see where he's getting his, his influences for his, especially his use of colour. Um but, yeah, I'm trying to get, I don't know, I'm trying to look to, look to other things. I'm, I'm looking to kind of, at the moment I'm watching Ozark.
0: Ah, yes, I've just started that. <laughs> so
1: good, so good. But it's really nicely lit. So, and it, cinematography is really good. So the, the, the framing, the composition, the lighting. So I, I, I actually, like, I watch it on the iPad and I quite often, like, take screenshots of stills of ozark Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh that's really nice the way Mm -hmm. they lit that and the way they they use a lot of green Mm -hmm. in the color grade so they're using a lot of green and they're mixing um kind of warm and and cool colors and unusual Mm -hmm. colors so yeah if you watch ozark like the way it's lit is, is brilliant so i'm quite i'm quite interested in that as an in- inspiration, like looking at these kind of things, like really well-produced t- t- TV series. The, I sent it to you, the Salvatore yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ganacci music video for Horse, which mm-hmm. everyone should check out. It's absolutely brilliant. So I just, you know, you can see that's, that's done by someone who really understands photography. They really understand, like, compositional devices and colour um, mm-hmm. so i 'm getting kind of yeah more inspiration I think from moving imagery at the moment because it's it's you know because it 's done on by people who have really, really studied this and are doing it operating a very high level on mm-hmm. very big budgets, so in that kind of budget <laughs> they 're going to get the best people, so mm-hmm. you can see in, you know a lot of big budget stuff is crap and they 're not thinking very hard about composition and stuff like that but mm-hmm. You know, there's so much, there's there's so much great work being done by um, by young directors and young cinematographers, and yeah. so uh, yeah.
0: No, oh, well, I'm I'm really glad you said that actually, because the next point for ideas for this is to look elsewhere for inspiration. So um, I think we've all been through the stage where we uh, pick work. That we love, other people's work, I might add, uh, put it all together on a big mood board and use that to present to the team and say, this is the kind of thing I want. Um, I don't believe that's useful anymore at all because people can't, once they see those visuals, they can't get that out of their head and it doesn't leave any room for any of their own creative input. And what will end up happening is that you'll just end up kind of doing a second-rate version of someone else's work I mean it's it's totally natural to want to look at someone else's work you love and want to completely reproduce it because that's why you love it Um, but I think it's important to appreciate someone else's path and see or kind of feel how it could influence you um, but not to try and follow it and reproduce it because that's worked for them they are the best version of themselves because that's that's them and that's what they do and you can't be a second-rate version of them you can only be the best-rate version of yourself you know we don't have you yet essentially and that's the power that that you have what you were saying about you know you're starting to take inspiration from other things like uh, textures and color palettes and visual cues and um, what you're saying about uh, that I can't remember his name is taking inspiration from paintings. That's something that I definitely are doing a lot more now, especially being around my mum, who's a painter. I'm definitely getting that influence back. Um, but even like descriptive words, poetry as well, songs and things like that. Um, I think that's really that, it, you know, if you want to start thinking differently and you want to kind of take other people's work out of your head and produce something that's completely new and has your own spin on it, I think it's really good to look at the less obvious things uh, that we kind of neglect a little bit.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: So the last thing that I usually do as a little exercise is experiment. That sounds quite obvious, but I think it goes neglected and I can say it does because I've been doing it myself. Definitely since we started our own business, I think You probably agree, Rod, we've been experimenting less and less because we've been focusing on the business side of things and, you know, getting clients and communication and, yeah, the business side of things has definitely been getting more of our attention than the creative side of things, as in, you know, doing our own projects and doing our own, having our own moments of figuring new things out so that we can implement it into different projects. Because one thing I used to do a lot when I was just starting out and had loads of time in my hands and very little commitment was experimenting with things and uh, there was a couple of years where I had loads of fun doing loads and loads of weird and wonderful things and I created some really exciting work that I could kind of build on but that's kind of sort of fallen flat in the last couple of years so now is absolutely the time to start experimenting again because the pressure is off I feel at the moment anyway Um, and I feel like we've we've kind of been given that clear headspace to just play around, just, just have a bit of fun and, and do something that hasn't got any deadline or time limit to it. Um, so I've actually been really enjoying experimenting at the moment um, and I sometimes feel like, you know, obviously we have all these limitations. We don't have a team, we don't have a model, we don't have hair and makeup and a crew and a studio and all these things. You know, we're kind of left to our own devices. Some of us don't have anyone else to photograph, maybe, than ourselves. Um, But I sometimes feel like with those limitations can come the driver to find something new, because you are forced to. So what have you been doing, Rod, to kind of experiment or just kind of trying to find new ways to keep the creative side of your mind entertained?
1: Yeah, I mean, kind of, as I said before, I've really been focusing on my retouching, and I've feel that I made a big jump in my understanding for for about two weeks I, I, I kind of every day I was retouching and practicing and like even in the last since lockdown began I feel like I've progressed and I feel like I've improved and that's really good And now I, and now I'm kind of going back to old images and I'm able to kind of see where I was going wrong with them and why my colour, especially my colour wasn't working, and then now rectify it, uh, improve it. So I'm really kind of happy that I've had that time to be able to just, you know, uh, focus on that because we haven't really had that time. So uh, yeah, pretty happy about that. But literally the last nine days, I've been 100% focused on making this tutorial. Basically, I've, I've done a three hour tutorial uh, of five classes about portrait retouching. And uh, it's the first kind of big tutorial I've done, and, and I've faced kind of technical issues and stuff, but I thought about it for quite a long time about what, else, what I wanted to kind of pass and and I planned it and I thought about it and then I recorded the whole thing and then I realized that I hadn't recorded it at high enough resolution but it was really good because I went through the whole thing and got everything out that I wanted to say and then I recorded it again like much clearer in my mind as to what I wanted to say and how I wanted to structure things it's a real challenge to try to to do a tutorial to try and explain things as, as you're doing it uh, but I think I really enjoyed yeah. it. I really yeah. enjoyed it, and this, it's pretty much come together, and we're going to release it on our website, and also you're going to do one as well, so we're going to release our you know our first tutorials. And maybe if the lockdown hadn't happened, we, we wouldn't mm-hmm. have had time to do this, we wouldn't have thought about doing it. And I just think we're both going to get a lot out of it in terms of just learning about how to do it. But then also being mm-hmm. able to kind of teach other people is really is a really valuable thing as well. So, yeah, I think some great tutorials come out of it. I think that's, that's creative, you know?
0: Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, what you've just said there basically is that to begin with, you were experimenting with new techniques and you were learning loads and bringing in all these ideas from playing around because you had that time and you gave yourself that unbroken time and it very quickly moved you on to, oh, I can do this now. And you're basically already implementing the whole idea of doing these things, which is creating something that, you know, you can use towards your business or even just for yourself, for your own pleasure and to help others as well. I think that's the most important thing is that your business provides value to others. So the fact that you've gone through all of that and it's come out the other side with something with like a really good product is great. That's essentially the whole idea of doing it.
1: Well, I just hope I hope people like it. It's just me in a small box in the corner, like, wittering on, Um, so I hope I'm not too irritating.
0: Um, (laughs) Can always mute you. (laughs) Because every day I would get get up,
1: do my yoga, do my meditation, have coffee, and then record. So I record, like, pretty much for, like, an hour and a half, and then I spent the rest of the day editing it down, cutting out all the bits where I go, uh... Which was so many, so many. Yeah, it was really nice, really enjoyable. Um, kinda, of, you know, got into the swing of it and now it's it's done, it's quite satisfying. But I got so tired of my own voice.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the trouble with doing these things.
1: I was speaking all morning and then listening to myself all afternoon. I was just ready to kill myself, like
0: and oh, now you've got to listen back to this. <laughs> It'll all be worthwhile. So can you tell um, everyone who's listening what your tutorial is going to be on?
1: Yeah, so the tutorial is called Retouching for Portraits. And um, what I've tried to do is I've tried to put everything that I wish someone had explained clearly to me in a tutorial. Uh, (laughs) We're both self-taught and we both kind of did quite trial and error stuff. I'm not very computer and technical minded. I quite like things I can grab, you know, modifiers and things, I like tangible things. So I always struggled a bit with Photoshop and I still do, but I think the, the way I've laid the tutorial out is as a complete workflow where you could, you know, take the image from camera and work through it in a logical progression to get to the final image. Rather than just randomly changing bits randomly you know doing the sharpness so and then adjusting the color and then you know jumping around actually working through it more methodically and in showing the workflow and showing the methodology and I'm also explaining the tools that I use and techniques and also some theory theory to do with portraits and theory to do with colors and uh, so, I don't just kind of say what I would do with an image. I explain, you know, the whole process and why I make the decisions that I do to use certain tools uh, and, and things like this. I think it's good for beginners if, you know, people new to Photoshop, because it's going to give them a lot of skills that they can immediately apply to their image. But then for intermediate people, it might give them a bit more of a structure and a different way to think about um, how they go about the retouching process I, I do enjoy it and um, I do think it's good to be able to retouch your own images so that you kind of you learn how to take your image you know through the whole process till the to the end result uh, I, I actually really, really enjoy it and I know you really enjoy it as well
0: yeah I I love the retouching
1: in my tutorial I really just cram as much in as i can but i wanted to make it you know as action packed as possible i don't just i don't just film myself endlessly you know deleting spots i it's all edited so i'll be like okay and now i'm going to do this and then it will skip <laughs> and i'll show what i've done so you can you know so i think that's important cuz i really can't stand tutorials where you just watch the person like doing like you know, a process for ages. I find it really frustrating. Um, So I've tried to kind of cut that out as much as I can. But um, what's your tutorial going to look like?
0: So um, the first tutorial that I'm going to release, it's kind of an amalgamation of fashion beauty. So it's going to be one of my uh, very glossy shots uh, that I did of the warrior women that I had as an exhibition. I think that's a really good example of uh, when you go into the face, uh, quite a creative makeup Uh, beauty retouch and then the hair obviously there's a lot going on with the hair it's very it's fantasy and although not everyone will be doing fantasy hair retouching or will be working with that style of hair it follows the exact same rules and principles about working with hair strands and Evening out the tone, evening out the gaps and things like that. It's all the same kind of thing. If anything, it'll just be slightly more advanced. And also it, it has uh, quite a lot of the body in it and clothing. So it's going to go through, you know, clothing, retouching, skin, stylizing as well. So it's going to show that how to get this really glossy highlights, that style that I do, rich shadows, rich colors, really bold, basically just bringing a fashion shot to life, giving it like a sense of movement that it may not have had before. So it's, it's going to kind of really focus on like the, the classic sort of style that I do and within that it will have a very detailed beauty and hair retouch. So like you it's going to be kind of split up into sections so that it's going to be all separate relevant bits but of course if you want to do a full beauty and hair and fashion retouch it can all be taken on as a, as a full chunk as well. So yeah, yeah it's going to be quite different to yours but yeah, uh, like yours it will just be action-packed but all relevant. <laughs>
1: Well, I think, I think yours will probably lead on quite nicely from mine because I'm going to yeah. pass quite a lot of um, kind of basic techniques as well as um, more intermediate ideas. But things yeah. like blemish removal and dodge and burn and using layers, um, using curves adjustment, things like this, I'm going to be covering that in my tutorial. So I think yeah. if, you know, if people can get through mine and, and, and get their heads around what I'm doing, then when they approach your, like, more intermediate, advanced tutorial, you know, they're going to be more ready for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, I think, I mean, that's what we want, really. I mean, that's the strength of our business and having two people, you know, with mm-hmm. different styles and different approaches. Is If we can combine them, then, you know, we can offer more
0: totally completely agree so it's all very exciting so although we're in lockdown we're still creating we're still doing stuff we're still going to bring value to our customers and everyone who's listening um so hopefully this won't be the last podcast again (laughs) um we are going to keep going i've got some other things that um i'd love to discuss with rod about this journey and i think it's important as well that we keep talking about you know the transition of coming out of this as well when it does happen I do believe that the Scottish government just announced that uh, we will be in this for another three weeks. So um, that's what's happening at the moment. But in the meantime, uh, I hope everyone enjoyed and got something useful out of this uh, little podcast episode. If you want to read a little bit more about what uh, we talked about with steps to defining your kind of creative identity during lockdown, then there is a blog post that I wrote on our website on penman.co.uk. You can see it there. And there'll be other articles that will be posted up about kind of the creative process and getting through, um, you know, low points and also sustaining that kind of uh, workflow as well in the future.
1: Are you, wait, I've got a question.
0: Oh, (laughs) fire on.
1: Are you staying quarantoned?
0: Um, actually, it's funny you should say that. So going for a walk here is so much more exciting. I've actually started to get a little bit of my abs back just on the top. You know, I've not got the full washboard situation, but I'm starting to, yeah, it's coming back to me. I've been laying off the quarantinis. I'm coming back. It's coming back. I'm, I'm sure it won't last. But um, yeah, what about you, Rod? <laughs> With all those walks?
1: my My body's changed, like... I was going I went yeah you know, I, was, I was lifting weights and stuff you know from in the gym before this, and then the last five weeks I've been walk, I've climbed Arthur's seat every day since lockdown started uh, and I've been doing yoga so like my body's just changed like I've lost like bulk, but mm. I've got like slightly more toned I don't know but yeah. <laughs> I've been getting drunk every Friday and Saturday, however, on Zoom with friends. <laughs> and that's been that's brilliant. That's what
0: I call balance.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like my, I've, got, I've got four siblings and uh, we, would, we would go like months without speaking to each other. But since this started, every Friday we've been Zoom meeting and drinking wine. and So that's been really nice. And some of my old friends from where I used to live. Uh, we and and me and um, me, you and uh, uh, Jason from the fitness tip, and Dan. We we all did a pub quiz, didn't we? That was good laugh.
0: That was good fun.
1: There's been some really good uh, online fun. <laughs> that 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 ha- we. we...
0: <laughs> that sounds really bad. <laughs>
1: no, yeah, in the company of other people. <laughs> yeah, so that's something different, you know. That yeah. we didn't have before, that's been really good, but I'm definitely ready you know to kind of phase this lockdown out, get on with life,
0: yeah, a hundred percent, especially with all that we've worked for, but it's good that there are some positives, and I think it's really important to keep a lock in on the the positives and to put the negatives aside because there are still some going on oh yeah, it's late ah.
1: um and also it's just it's good to keep things in perspective because we we have good health health service and we have good infrastructure and you know it's uh, we have a we have a strong economy you know so mm-hmm. just in terms of you know globally we're we just we're quite advantageous to be able to live in, in this in this society you know whereas you know it's just kicking off in brazil and they have you know don't have such a strong infrastructure and it's, so it's it's don't put any of this in <laughs>
0: I've gone yeah, off. On, I've gone home. off
1: on one. We don't need to put this in, but yeah, no. But I think yeah, it's really good to keep things in perspective. Like um, my wife's a doctor. She's she's a frontline worker, so she's uh, she has a, she's having a very different experience of this whole thing. She's not yeah. staying at home. She's going to work, and she's you know she's kind of on the front line. So yeah, those. The NHS workers have been incredible. Lots of positivity and lots of things to be grateful for.
0: And I couldn't have thought of a better way to end this episode. So thank you for that, Rod.
1: Yes. Um,
0: So yeah, everyone stay safe, keep positive, and we will see you on the next episode because there will be another one, I promise. Laters. (laughs) Okay, now we've got to try and stop recording without deleting it.